going on with Jensen stuff? What's happening with Jensen things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with Jensen stuff? Wow. wow. I, you know, I was like already halfway <laughs> out of breath when we started and I thought, I, I'm going to try to make it to the end without breathing. Yeah. And I did. And I was like, I'm tired. We're, we're both tired. This I'm week. exhausted. I'm so fucking tired. I'm a dead person. Um, we're at Gibney. I'm in a residency. You are also in a residency at Center for Ballet and the Arts. I am. You have a big thing happening. Monday. Which is? Monday at 12.30 if you'd like to come RSVP. Look on the Reed and Harriet Instagram. Um, we're, we're presenting our uh, in-progress designing of a full-length Nutcracker not to be performed by anybody just for fun. But there is going to be some dancing. There's going to be a little dance. Yes, I just watched it. It was so fun. It's made fun. By... Pam Tanowitz made it. And Russell Jansen and Christine Flores are going to dance. Oh, it was and real fun. It's a real, it's a little trifle of a thing. It is. But, you but know. they won't be dressed as trifles. They'll be dressed as brioche. Well, they, they won't actually be wearing Oh, my costumes. God. I was so ex- I was like, wow, you're going to get a couple of brioches together by that point? No, That's there's good. no time for anything. So brioche is Russian for you. Yes. Work. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but they're, they're talked about in the story of the Nutcracker. Brioche? Yeah, there's a whole list of various foods that Hoffman talks about in the actual book mm, mm, mm. and some of them are dramaturgy like, yeah we learned okay you guys went back there's like it. silver and gold necked swans and like there's that. diamond fishes and uh-huh. there's i love a diamond fish there's um gigantic brioche which is russell uh-huh. and there's um there are emerald cats and there are candied um, fruits. Yes, there and are, um, uh, stainless steel gherkins. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um have I've I've been in this residency, so I haven't seen anything. Have you seen things? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk about anything you've seen? Sure. Because I can only talk about film and television. Oh, okay. Well, I saw the Dresden Semper Opera Ballet Company mm-hmm. at the Joyce, and they did a program of uh, pure European garbage. Word. Um, they did four dances, uh-huh. two of them by David Dawson, one of them by Stain Sellis, and one of them by a boy named Joseph Hernandez, I think is his name, who's uh-huh. a young man okay, who was trained at School of American Ballet. I think he was in New York City Ballet for a season or two. Anyways. Um, and you had a not great time. I, I enjoyed myself. I, uh-huh. had a, I slept for a bit. I yeah. laughed. And then because I, the dances were funny? They didn't intend, that wasn't the intention. I was watching, you know, our our guest, dear listeners, is Jibs Cameron, a.k.a. Dynasty Handbag, and I was watching uh, her performance, I and Moron, at the Hammer Museum, Mm. and um, she has a really great line in it when she goes, she's like, you know, this is comedy, which, you know, I'm a a stand-up comic performance artist, I will, comedy is performance, and I try to do, you know, comedy performance because performance is so sad and, and boring. <laughs> or, and, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I guess also performance is also comedy that's not funny. 
Yeah. That's what how she she broke that down. It was. I mean, so you were seeing performance that was comedy that wasn't supposed to that wasn't funny. It took uh-huh. itself very seriously. As, I actually Yeah, as that kind of fu- comedy can. The the first dance was I guess a section from David Dawson's Giselle, which was out of context. I haven't seen it and it was a quintet for two men and three women, and to me it looked like a kind of homage to this Forsyth piece called The Vertiginous Thrill of Exactitude. I love that piece. And uh, it it was just a it was it was nothing. I mean, it was confusing. The costumes were atrocious. Like the girls were in white halter leotards with practice tutus. It was just like the dancers were good. Uh-huh. I mean, all the dancers were nice and strong and good. And right. then they did. Um, oh, this is the guy too who you said his bio was. I have it. You want me to read it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want wait. You, to read it. you keep t- say something to our guests. Oh man. Um. What what is there to say? Uh, I've been I've been in this rehearsal studio since noon. It's six fifteen, um, and I'm excited about what I'm making. Okay, okay great. Read. I'm back. back. Uh huh. I think on first reading I thought this was outrageous, and then on second and third reading it seems less. So, okay. but I'll just read it out loud, and you okay. can you can make commentary during okay. or after. Okay. David Dawson was born in Wait, London. read it neutral. Don't, like, okay, telegraph okay. me the yeah. feelings. David Dawson was born in London, England, and trained at the Royal Ballet School. Dawson mm-hmm. is one of the leading dance makers working in classical ballet today. Okay. His personal choreographic style transforms classical ballet in new ways, and his signature works are atmospheric, emotionally physical, abstract-slash-narrative pieces that have been praised by critics and audiences worldwide. Uh-huh. Dawson has received numerous prestigious awards and nominations, including the Prix Benoit de la Danse Award, the Oscar of the ballet world oh, in I love 2002, uh-huh. okay. the Chu Sango Award in 2004, and Russia's highest theater prize, the Golden Mask Award in 2005, all as best choreographer. Well, Dawson has created over 20 ballets internationally, and his works have entered into the repertoires repertoires of many of the world's leading ballet companies. Between 2004 and 2012, Dawson was resident choreographer for the Dutch National Ballet, Dresden Semper Opera Ballet, and the Royal Ballet of Flanders. That sounds actually pretty normal, I have to say, except for the Oscar of dance. The comma, the, the Oscars the of dance? The Oscars of dance. It's just, I want to know who said that. Like, that's kind of amazing. I guess I, in first reading, I really took umbrage with the part where he describes his own work. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is just informational. We it's don't need, like, your opinion about your own work and how uh-huh. important you are. Uh-huh, sure, sure. Yeah, I think that's... Well, I I mean, I also, in mine, I think, say I blend narrative and... Um, oh, I, well, those are descriptions. I right. don't say I'm one of the leading... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, um, like, say how important you are. I'm one of the leading downtown who's who of who cares. <laughs> um, people are always like, who's that? Well, right. it's me. Okay. Is there a photo of him? Yes. Oh, she's giving you a Moody Judy. Moody Judy. Well, she better work. Um, um, so she gave you a Forsyth light, what have you. And he also did, there was a duet of his on the program that was danced by this woman who was fine and this man who was the thinnest, one of the thinnest side people I've ever seen from the side mm-hmm. in my life. His rib cage was flat and it was incredible. I, I want to see that person. I could have watched him just like I'm obsessed with the back of the Joyce program because it looks like just Swarovski like crappy crystal like it's full like Claire's caboodle it's but Noah's it's Ark inspires Van Cleef and Arpels I don't know what that is and Van Cleef and Arpels what's that a fancy jewelry store okay 
concept and design Robert Wilson. Huh. So visit the installation from November 3rd to 19th. I can't because I'm in this residency. And it's at Old Cedar Lake. Wow, this ad looks so this, hokey and the font is absolutely crazy. It's crazy. We'll it's handwritten, it, but not maybe, in a nice way. It's, I don't like what it looks like. But, so you know, fancy people like have had story. their hands on it. I guess. They're feeling very craft time. But concept, oh, oh, it's Robert Wilson yeah, designed Robert this jewelry? Wilson. Yes. This does not look like anything Robert Wilson would design. Maybe there's another Robert Wilson who's a jewelry designer. Mm. But I doubt it. Why would they have an ad in here? Yeah, what other I Robert Wilson? I think it's Robert Wilson. Wilson. Wow, it's very, it's two owls that I mean, they are like wearing brooches. Robert Wilson makeup. They have full white eyes because they're made of diamonds. Well, they're owls. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Wow. Okay. So you saw, did you see any dance you did like? Well, the stained cellist piece at the end of that show wasn't, wasn't unbearable. Uh-huh. It was pl- a pleasant thing to watch. One of the dancers was be- gorgeous. This guy it was great. Uh-huh. Um, did I see any other things that I enjoyed? Did you see any ballet or anything downtown? Did we talk about the... Did I tell you about the works in process I saw? No. Oh, that was the best thing I saw. What was that? That's it? one of the best things I've seen in ages. Who was it? So this woman, um, Meryl... For those of you who don't know, works in process is a thing at the Guggenheim that Reed and Harriet will be in later this year. Next year. And I'll, I'm making something for it and... Meryl. I'm seeing it. You are. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. <laughs> works in process. No, this woman, Meryl, her last name is Left My Brain, but mm-hmm. she's the wife of this man, Stuart, who is Melissa Hayden's son. Okay. Yes. And she took in, she's a food scholar, and she was very interested. Oh, this. You yeah. did tell me about this. She was very interested in the cook, the ballet cookbook that right. Tanakila Clerk wrote right. many years ago in the early years of her yes. having been stricken with polio. Anyways, it's a very sad story, Tanakil's story. It's unbelievable. But basically, There's a documentary you can watch. It's on YouTube. It's called Afternoon of a Fawn. But it was, um, it was both heartbreaking, devastating, this entire lecture demonstration, and incredibly joyful and funny because Jacques D'Amboise and Allegra Ken Love. were on the panel. And they're both, like, incredible. They're yeah. amazing. Yeah. They're so old. Think, and Jacques D'Amboise begins that documentary. Uh-huh. He, yeah. like, cries in it and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Full of tears. Yeah. Um, but... It was incredible. I mean, Allegra Kent is 100%. She's full whimsy, like as whimsical as one can be. That's All the way. Who, was it from that where you heard that story about her being awful to someone off stage to go on stage? Yeah, Jacques told the story about Melissa Hayden when... Um, was Melissa Hayden there? Melissa Hayden's dead. Oh. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Melissa Hayden from NCSA. Yes, who we like made fun of before with Garen and. Um, well, I don't know if you were, you know, I didn't make fun of her, right. but we were was, telling. Stuff. We were telling, you know, some stories about how horrible she was to the students. Then. Yeah, she uh-huh. was. Mini- well, this is another story about her anger problems, but she was. Um, I guess Melissa needed some kind of motivation to, to get there. adrenaline to go yeah. on stage. And I guess mm-hmm. one night she was feeling not particularly amped up. So she went up to Jacques and she was basically like going to pick a fight with him. And he was like, stay away from me, Melissa. Like, I, it's not, it's not me tonight. Yeah, right. Like, I got to dance with you. Right. And so she walked, paced around looking for like someone to be the victim. Uh-huh. And she went up to some stagehand who was overweight, and she was like, move your fat ass. Oh. And and then she went right on stage. 
So he couldn't do anything about it. But he probably gave her a look so she could have a feeling of hatred. Yeah, so she could feel like there was some conflict. Someone hating her. And then she did the whole show. I think it was Balanchine's One X, One Lake. And afterwards... Wow, what a weird choice to be, like, furious about. She needed the adrenaline. Uh Uh-huh. So then she, um, during bows, during curtain calls, she she acknowledged the conductor, she acknowledged Jacques, and then she acknowledged the stagehand and brought him out and apologized. It was very sweet. Yeah, it's that's a real that's a real what have you. Um, Do you want to hear? Did I tell you one of Allegra's stories? I want to hear it. So Allegra was. I mean, I mean, when I say full whimsy, she was all over the place in a really great way. I mean, I think she's very, she's really with us here, but uh-huh. she exists in several planes. And yeah. so for a long time while Jacques was talking, when they first were brought out, she, she moved her microphone stand around endlessly uh-huh. until it ended up basically in the shape of like a lowercase n, like completely <laughs> curved up and back down towards her, which was like, Fun. okay. Uh-huh. And then when she first spoke into it, they were, they were asking, you know, what was your relationship? Relationship to Tanakil when you first joined the company, she was like, "Well, you know, Tanakil was this dancer who I hugely admired, and her beauty and her skill, and you know, I idolized her, of course." And she goes, "And um, I'm hearing feedback, so uh-huh. um, do you hear that too? Don't I sound I'm lisping?" It was just—it was really like out of the blue, super like, present. Yeah, she was so present. She was like, "This mic is bothering me. Did they fix it?" No, I think people were just like, it's not a problem, keep going. Because we just wanted to hear her talk. So she did. And then at a certain point, Adrian and Jared were also brought out as part of the panel, Jared Angle, Adrian, Donchick Waring, and they... They were talking to Jared about, like, his gardening. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing ended up being about food, and it was like, you're interested in gardening and growing food on your in your... Um, kale. Kale. <laughs> kale chips. And, um... <laughs> and, uh... Allegra was like, I also have a gardening story. Okay. And it was always like that. It was like, okay, Allegra, like... What is that? Yeah, uh-huh. and she was like, well, you know, I saw some tomatoes growing outside the theater at the Guggenheim. And she was like, and, um... I, I used to... I used to eat tomatoes. Just eat them. Just eat them. Okay. And one day I was backstage before I was performing, or I might have been watching a piece, and I was, I was eating a tomato. And Balanchine came up to me and he said, what are you eating? And it was a tomato. End of story. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. She, That's I really mean, good. The audience was like full riveted. I was yeah. also like, I was oscillating between tears yeah, yeah, and yeah. hysterical laughter the entire time. Jacques told this story where he was like, one time when I was doing, the, you know, one time when I was in rehearsal for the Four Temperaments, he was like, you know, I wasn't in the first cast, but I was brought in afterwards. And uh, there's a part in, in Choleric where you, you, is it Choleric? The last movement. I think it's Choleric. Where you, you know, you're pivoting the woman around in arabesque from man to man to man to man. And Balanchine was like, you know, it's like in the subway, the turnstile. And then, and I said, where do I put my nickel? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. It was so good. It was just the best. Uh, that's not well. I mean, you also just love that history so much, and it's. I do. It's peculiar, and I. I. It's almost like you lived back then, and maybe died, and then were reincarnated in this life. I think it just know? has to do with like having seen a lot of these documentaries about Balanchine and his ballerinas, and the Balanchine celebration. If and- you were one of the Balanchine 
uh, ballerinas, which one, which would, one would you be? Tanakil. I'm sure of it. That would she have been was, you. She, I don't think she lived her life in like a heightened state of drama. I think right. she was very rational. So like when she did get polio, she just continued to have like a sense of humor about her life and about everything and she just moved forward and she got other hobbies and you know it was okay i think it was more of a tragedy for the people around her Mm -hmm. than it was for her if i was a balancing ballerina which one would i be oh god um melissa hayden wow i what Uh (laughs) but did she have a sense of humor you know who else you might have been Patricia Neary, who I don't, I don't know who she that was is. a tall one. She was the original Kit Girl in Rubies, the uh-huh. original Tall Girl in Rubies. Oh, cool. Uh-huh. Um, she's still like she's like eighty, and she still like stages the ballets, uh-huh. and she's like full bones and wigs and everything. Oh, I love it. Yeah, uh-huh. I think you would be really into her. It would be someone who had a sense of humor. I mean, maybe was a little sharp. Melissa but... Hayden had an amazing sense oh, of humor. Oh, she did. Oh, yeah. okay, great. She was yeah, but cruel. But cruel, yeah. You aren't you aren't cruel, cruel. to and young people. And I wouldn't people. be cruel to students. No, no. No, you wouldn't do that. No, just around. But if I, I think to be, you would be the Melissa. Corner. You know, Melissa Hayden was the workhorse. She was the one who was utterly reliable. Who mm. always came in second cast to do everything because, like Allegra Kent, the role would be made on her, and then she would disappear immediately right. after opening night. She'd be like, "I'm sick." Wow. Or like the she would the role would be made. She would do one show, and she'd be like, "I'm pregnant." Wow. Yeah, she really was like, she couldn't pull. I was hoping there. you were going to say that I was Gelsey Kirkland. But. No, because no. you're not. Gelsey was really troubled. I'm troubled. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, Who else could you be? I'm I'm all right. I'm all right with your first guess. I'll have to I'll have to read up more of them. I've seen I saw no shows. I have to immediately say that Bridget Everett's new. Oh, it's great. Show is so incredible. I, I I had the the great fortune of getting to read it because um, I went in for playing the best friend in the restaurant scene, which obviously oh, went for a very different casting. Very different. Um, but I had such a great time auditioning, and Michael Patrick King was so amazing, and the other producer in there I've, was so how amazing. How old is Bridget? I don't know. Forty something. I'm guessing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I w- I'm, that's interesting. I guess she would have maybe like a gay best friend more her own age. I mean, he's. It's also just a. It's a. It's a gentler approach to that role. I mean, I. I did mm. it. I was really like a friend who was like really upset, but also, you know, over it in this way. Anyhow, not. To, I don't want to talk What's about. What's the show me. called? I forgot. It's called Love You More. Oh yeah. It is. I laughed so hard, and I just, and the, it was this kind of ecstasy of joy that I, I can't remember the last time I felt watching a TV mm. show with, inc- so heartwarming. Yeah. I felt, it was so heartwarming, and so, her relationships with people, and the way she's this New Yorker, but has still, like, a New Yorker with a hot of gold. But it's and, also, like, um, it's built in the same way as Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but it's, um, in that she has a song, except that right. there's something that feels... It's more authentic. It feels far more authentic and, and more psychological, I'd say. Like, yeah. a kind of more of this of the psychological space of, of really being a New Yorker. And I just... Lonnie... What's Lonnie uh, Whatever Anderson? that guy... Wait, what is her name? Lonnie... Lonnie Anderson. It's Lonnie Anderson. Yeah. Is, um, it, the ex-wife of that guy with the mustache. It's so... What's his name? Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Um, 
everyone it was just so amazing and then I cried so hard I don't want to talk about the end of the show but her last moment with the with the guy in the house she works at and and just their whole it was so touching to me I just really I laughed I cried it's medicine it's medicine for the times that was amazing quite good quite 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 good um I last week during and there's a penis Oh, sure is. That was what. That's what you texted me. I was like, "You've got to watch this show." And you wrote back, "That penis was crazy." It was um, so crazy. Uh, last week, I watched. I would come home after the residence, so I'd get home at like nine, and then I would watch Alias Grace, which is some show on Netflix. Oh, yeah. The lead girl on it is so amazing, and the main actor is so not good. Huh. Just really, they were like, "Oh, let's get someone really handsome," and they were like, "I guess he was in Downton Abbey, but I never watched that show." Oh, His, which one? I don't know. He's oh, this handsome guy who's just, it's just bland. I don't, it, it was unfortunate for me. Which I kept thinking about guy? Christian Coulson doing it and how much better layered it would have been and nuanced and like a, someone able to Christian juggle a few like things a, at the same time. a later in life movie star? That happens more for men. Maybe. Like Brian Cranston. I mean, Christian's so beautiful. He still that, looks young. Yeah, Christian's a real boyish queen. Yeah. Same age. Actually, he's a year older than me. Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild that he looks a full 20 years younger than me? 20. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I watched uh, Deadly Dance Mom. Oh, um, you did you've watch got that. to watch it. It's so good. I posted it on our account. I don't think I can do that. It's um, true trash, and uh, but you'll really laugh. You really laugh at it. So those what, are. How those did you are watch it? On Amazon, it's free. Wow. Michelle Mola said we should watch it, so so I did. And then I also watched Jibs's or Dynasty handbag show at the Hammer Museum that I really loved. There's. This, I did a deep dive on Di- Dynasty. Uh, there's knowing part, that she would be our guest. There's this part in a, from the Hammer where uh, I, I think we're gonna use the audio for it for for a clip on it mm. on this. It's it's so good, and I'll show you when we hang up. And then I've just been here rehearsing. It's been. I don't realize how tired I am until the end of this rehearsal because I see I'm seeing you each in like blocks of time. Right. So I'll be I'll see Garen for two hours and then Lloyd for two hours and then you for two hours and Christian for two hours and I'm then at the end and then I'll I'll work on myself and I'll be like, wow, I've been here a long time. Today I went to Center for Ballet and the Arts for two hours, and then I went to Graham for two hours, and then I went back to Center for Ballet and the Arts for two hours, mm. and now I'm here for two hours, and then we go back to Center for Ballet and the Arts. What? Why are you going back? I have to finish. We have to finish. Read. It's fine. You're going to get on the subway to go back? No, I'm going to take a city bike. It's been city bikes all day. Oh, you don't Can wear I a helmet. Sit? It's so upsetting. Girl, like, girl, Paragon's right there. I know. Maybe I'll stop in. Oh, can you please? Like, I, I need you too much of my work. Clasping a helmet to my backpack, and I feel okay about it. Yeah, you need to do it. Yeah, I know. I like, it's I... ridiculous. Uh, um, did you? I have to. Did I? Did you see that amazing cape? Eleanor Houlihan sent it to me. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor wore this cape that has. Um, I think they're diamonds of scorpions that go across it. It's so good. Or maybe they're just crystals. Fun. It was really good. I I, I want you to make me that for um, Christmas. Oh, I was thinking of scorpions because Harry Harry and I were talking about China. And I was telling her how it's just like, it's chaos. It's just like old ladies. In China? Yeah, in Beijing. Like strange alleys with old people blowing snot out of their nose right at you and then eating scorpions on sticks. When were you there? I've been there. 
Three t- several times. With Shen Wei. Once with Shen Wei, but that was to Shanghai. And then I've been in Beijing with Lar, and I've been in Beijing with the Alberta Ballet. Wow. But for, like, long periods of time. Where is the ABT doing their Nutcracker? Not here, right? Orange County, probably. They right. generally do. Yeah. So City Ballet is doing it here, and then Always. Mark Morris will do Hard Nut again, I'm, I'd assume. I don't know if Hard Nut's happening at BAM this year. It happened last Jeremy year. Jeremy texted me today, and he's like, I want to see the Nutcracker. And I was like, ugh. Oh, the Balanchine one is a delight every time. Maybe you can take him. Sure. Okay, cool. Um, I had to see it. Do you know I saw it every year when I was growing up for 10 years? Oh. I saw the Nutcracker every year in the Christmas. In the Christmas. In the Christmas. And I would see Midsummer's Night's Dream every summer. Midsummer's Night's Dream. And I never want to see Midsummer Night's Dream again. And I never want to see the Nutcracker Midsummer Night's Dream? Shakespeare. Oh, Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. Like the play where you're like, when it'll be over. If we shadows have offended, think but this and all is mended. That you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. Oh, it's like Hamilton. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, rap and Shakespeare, I think other people have put it together. Yeah. Um, And... uh, Manuel Miranda, the Shakespeare of our time. Okay. (laughs) I mean... Well, that's what people I'm being say. Hyperbolic is that the right word? The hyperbolic is is what you would say if you were going to. Is that exaggeration, right? Well, it's yeah, it's extreme. It's kind of like um, listen to this hyperbole. I love. Did hyperbole. you hear that hyperbole? What about it? I just knew a word. Well, hyperbole, I love. I mean, I live for hyperbole. Hyperbole is my absolutely favorite thing in the world. That would be, you know, using hyperbole. Oh, I got it. It's a joke. Wow, so many levels. It's, it's a so real. So many layers. It's, it's like a croissant. It's real. It's really multi-layered. A mille feuille. I want one of those right now, but I'm having carbs right now because I'm in studio time. Really? Well, you know, maybe a touch of quinoa oh. or a bit of brown rice. I saw a video last night because oh. we have to put Battleground, the Ryan McNamara piece back together uh-huh. for, for APAP, Guggenheim, whatever, January. Uh-huh. And he sent video. Uh-huh. In that unitard from uh-huh. last time, and uh-huh. I was somewhat shocked. Shocked. What do you mean? I have to pull it together, everybody. So Ooh, you looked great. I didn't. I didn't. What are you talking it was, about? It was. It was. It was a. It was a muffin top in the back. It was not and a read. full flat butt, just like bye girl bye button to thigh. <laughs> And then muffin, muffin back over the dance belt. And I was like, never again. I'm essentially in a white unitard. It's pale blue. I really don't recall thinking that That's while watching kind. you. I mean, I'm not kind. I think I'm from a distance, but then with the camera, when it would do close-ups, I was like, no, 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 mm. no, no, no. So I'm going to fix it. I think I already am fixing it. Yeah, you just, you know, do the, your back extensions across the floor. We'll do 100 yes. sit-ups and 100 back extensions okay. going on a diagonal. I'll do 50. That's where we'll end up. Um, well, coming up is going to be our guest, Dynasty Handbag, coming to join us at the Gibney Residency, my dance in process residency. Thank you so much, Gibney Dance. Jibs, jibs, gibs, gibs, jibs and gibs and yes. gibs and jibs. It is going to be jibs and the gibs. Um, Truly Jibsney and Gibsney. <laughs> <laughs> Truly Jibsney at the Gibsney. At the what? Jibney at the Gibney. Yeah, everybody watch Broad City. 
Oh, um, always, yeah. Everybody watch Project Runway because I don't have anyone to talk to about it. Yeah, I know. I don't watch that. Um, <laughs> I talk to about Broad City. And everyone watches. Do you know Love the only people who watch Project Runway are... Um, you and Tiffany Spencer Alvon? Spencer Thurberge and... Thur- I can't say his last name. It's totally wrong what I just said. The, Who's the, that? The Burge? Thurberge? I don't know who that is. You do. You met him at Bobby's, Bobby's premiere. Oh, yeah. He the, was so nice. Yeah. And then Brett Easterling. Oh, I love Brett Easterling. He also is a Project Runway watcher. We have a Facebook oh. thread. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> um, we, should have, we should have them on. Um, I love that. All right. Well, coming here. up is Jibs, and uh, today's episode is brought, brought to you by Gibney Dance at 890 Broadway. Thank you for my dance and process residency. Oh, by the way, if you yeah. buy a class card at Gibney Dance, you better oh. use it up, because I just <laughs> I just um, came, and they didn't accept my class card, and I'd only use two out of ten. So. For Janet? I was taking Aaron Liu's class. He was he was replacing um, Sharon that day. But I wait. You just bought like a Gibney dance. I bought card a ten class card for in just a any Gibney of, class. Mm, I was feeling manic. I guess thinking I was going to be a real class taker again. Yeah. And I guess it expires after ninety days. Wow. So wow. yeah, I used two. Well, so, there you go. Mm, you helped pay for my residency then. I sure did. And, and you know go. what? When the, I didn't even put up a fuss because I was like, it's I fine. didn't know this expired. And you know what? Makes sense. That's what I deserve for not taking class. Yeah. That's what I get. Well, you go and you take ballet class all the time, you know. All Who the time. Does? You do. All I the time. do. Always at I, a V or always at a Cunningham. Always. 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 Any, Two anytime I'm texting Two Reed, times he's out like, of ten. sorry, I'm in a Cunningham class. Sorry, I'm at Z's class. <laughs> yeah, Wendy at least twice hi. a year. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that class card should be for a year, at least. Well, for, forgive me? Yeah. All right, well, I'll tell them that. We'll tell them that when we do okay, our showing. Thank okay, thank you. All right. Well, thank you, listeners. We loves you. Floss. <laughs> That's a real mess. Uh, I can't turn it off. It's always hard for you to turn this off. Did you read that book? You'll like it. The Golden... Wait, what's it called? The Golden Pill? No, it's called like the Golden <laughs> Razor or something like that. Some this guy wrote about his teenage years where he was just like mm. he moved to New York from Oregon with his uh-huh. dad and then uh-huh. he just lost his mind. Oh. It's really great. Mm. And, and he just, had to go to one of those wilderness things where like drag you out of bed <sighs> and then you go to like nowhere for six months. I hope I get cast as it in the remake of him as a nineteen year old in the woods the being Gilded like uh-huh, I can't believe my dad put me out here. What's that? And they're like a squirrel, I'm like looks like a cat. <laughs> The movie writes itself. I should live in L.A. Okay, so here we are with Jibs Cameron, a.k.a. Dynasty Handbag, who's truly one of my favorite performance artists, uh, uh, comedians, filmmakers, uh, a teacher, I believe, as well. Um, Well, it's true. It was why I was so... Push that banana peel into it. She brought us some bananas, because Reed and I have been rehearsing today, and... We're here at Gibney, and she just made an installation with um, a bodega bag and a, cho- and a used Chobani piece of yogurt. Art. Art. Art can happen anywhere. It really can. Um, I met you here in New York where I first, actually I first saw you perform, and then we became friends after that. Um, oh. Because I saw you back in the day at Dixon Place. Girl. In like 2006 or seven, and the, the I, old Dixon place, the old Dixon place, yeah, with and the rabies couches. And yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And I was like, um, she's a mossing. She's a mossing. And, and then I was working with Joshua Lubin Levy as oh, my dramaturg, yeah. and he was like, oh, Jibs is at performance studies, and she's really, were you? I don't know if it's performance I never, studies, no, or, I didn't but go he there. knew you, maybe because you had lectured. 
No, it wasn't that you, you know, went to like school there. I got a job there. At performance Jose studies. Munoz. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Um I was working as a waitress at this tapa, tapas, not topless, you pigs, <laughs> tapas <laughs> restaurant in Chelsea and performing. And Neo, now now referred to as now Bustamante another like another fave legend. I mean she legendary. was like my mentor oh, she's so San epic San Francisco so she introduced me to Jose Munoz and Carmelita and right. all these people right. and they came and saw me and he was like oh you should teach at NYU Absolutely. and I was like happened to me yeah yeah. Okay. Did you yeah. have your own college experience, like as a student? I did, but it was in. I graduated in 1998, and I didn't get a master's, and I had really just been doing art, being in bands, where making shit, and working in restaurants. Right. Um, where uh, San Francisco until 2004, and then I moved here. Wow. And the tapas place that you were working at in New York is that where Martha Stewart came. Yes. It's really one of you, my favorite stories. I've and I saw you. Tell well, that I, story. I've, well, it's an incredible, I've seen you do it as Dynasty Handbag and I laughed so hard that I cried and I've repeated <laughs> the story numerous times, but I would She's love to hear you. Up, I mean, tell the story. Tell the story. So, cause Which? Reed's mom worked with her a lot. A oh, lot. So and you so, know. I know. She's a, she's a, you know, Whereas I had yeah. a lovely experience with her, but we were at like a loft in um, Tribeca. She hates women eating. and loves gay men. Oh, well, yeah. work. Anyhow, yeah. so you were at this tapas bar and she was... Your okay, she came there. in um, during the lunch hour. It was kind of like a foodie place, so a lot of like restaurateur types would come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around the corner from her studio in Chelsea. And she came in at lunch and my friend Chris was working at the bar and he was waiting on her and we were like oh my god there was like no one else in there it was like a weird hour it was like three o'clock or something and she was like i'll have the spanish tortilla and marcona almonds and we were like on her every word you know so she got some like basics real you know? basics yeah. yeah and then i think she ordered like lamb skewers or something like that <clears throat> so she's eating and we're like alone alone interesting no okay. No minions, no nothing. Wow. She just came in by herself. And um, the cook, the chef, hated celebrities and hated whenever anybody famous was in the was in the is in the restaurant. So she went downstairs to hide. And me and Chris were like freaking out that she was there. We were like, oh my god, oh my god. And then I was like, I'm gonna go check on her. So I, <laughs> he, he he loaned me his table for a moment, and I went over there, and I was like, How's everything tasting today? And she was like, Mmm. Delicious, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so glad you like it. And she was like, Do you have any fried sparrows? <laughs> that story kills me. And I was like, same reaction. I was like, what? What did you just say to me? And she said, fried sparrows. And I was like, you mean the like the bird, the little bird? And she was like, yes. When I was in. You know, Andalusia, some totally <laughs> random place in Spain I'd never heard of. It wasn't Andalusia because I've heard of that. It was like something really abstract. <clears throat> they had the most wonderful fried sparrows. They were delicious. <laughs> oh and I was like, like the bird. You're talking, yeah. I could not wrap You're my brain around it. And 
Uh, Not really because it's such a crazy idea, but more that she was asking for it, uh -huh. and that it was, it was just her. Asking. You just have it. She not on the was menu. showing off, and I was like, uh, "Are they good?" Like I didn't know what to say to her. She goes, "They're delicious. You just pop them in your mouth, beaks and all." <gasps> <laughs> and then when I saw Chibs do this as Dynasty, she told, "Oh, and the reason you told it at the show was." You were telling us to all tip our uh, servers because, you know, you were oh. performing at the duplex. And you're like, make sure you tip your servers. You know, it's really hard to be a server. I was a server. <laughs> and then you told that story. And at the end of it, you went, and then she jumped on her broomstick and <laughs> flew away. <laughs> and I... <laughs> Can't you imagine her like, so her feathers up? And she's like... <laughs> she's like cackling. It was crazy. Amazing. And then I went and told my... The chef, I was like, do you know what she fucking asked for? Fried sparrows. And she was like, oh, no, she did not. Yeah. She was like, that is like the most, it's like a very specific region in Spain. It's super delicacy. Mm. She's like, she was like, she was just totally showing off. She was, she was flaunting her well. Well, she was alone she, for a moment. So, you know, you got to yeah. talk to somebody. Martha used to send our family, like, Gifts at the holidays, uh -huh. so like a box of very nice chocolates or something would come because Baskets. my yeah, because my mom was basically like a business associate because she had this store where Martha and the magazine shopped a lot for editorials, mm. and so you know my mom and her business partner were in the mix. They would get cards and gifts, but then <laughs> my mom and Martha are kind of like physically similar in ways. They're both tall and blonde and like large boned Germanic women, and. Martha's Polish, but so they. JSYK, everybody. But she, at some point, she was she was in the shop tell, telling my mom and her and Sharon, who's a business partner, like how fantastic this trip she had just taken to like Alaska was, where she did mm -hmm. ice climbing or something. Right. She was like. Oh, it was so fantastic. I, you put on these claws on your shoes and you ice climb. And uh -huh. she was like, I really, I got very high up. And she looked at Sharon and she was like, I think you would just love it. And she looked at my mom and she was like, honey, I don't think you could do it. <laughs> wow. 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 You know. I worked at the comp her company, too. I would do freelance work, like work, because um, I have a really good friend who, who was the just miracle she she was the weddings magazine editor this uh, friend of mine from Darcy? San Francisco from no, San Francisco. no um Katie Duong or uh Katie um Whatever. My good friend, Katie something. <laughs> she got married and changed her last name, and I don't know oh, what it is. I can't marriage, remember. Yeah, please, it's gross. It's like Smith or something. I, when some people get married, you don't have to know what that last name is. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Leave me alone. Sorry, Katie. Um... Anyway, yeah, it was a, it was crazy. I would do craft stuff for that. Oh, like, do you know that's what Mark Swanson did? That Mark makes Swanson sense. worked at that magazine for a hella moment and would like because he, he could make anything. Yeah. So she would be like, "Who made those dwarf hats?" I want and then so. she, I made a he'd giant get, like, pink glittery moon, oh. and I made a map of Vermont in, on a giant chalkboard with cute little like regional cheeses. Amazing. It was uh. always my dream to work in the craft room at Martha Stewart oh, Living, God, but now I realize so I was probably fun. like very fascist, you know. It was, I had a great time. I loved getting jobs there because I was left alone. But one wow. time I had to work on a huge job that was like with a bunch of other people, which was you could win. These, 
there was like a wedding. Oh it was like the Hunger Games of Martha Stewart magazine. <laughs> it was like you could win a wedding on some Good Morning America, uh-huh. and the prize was a Martha Stewart wedding at Tiffany's. Wow. At like 9 a.m. And these fucking trashy uh, white people from like wherever. I don't even know, right. some dumb part yeah. of our country you, you mean you, everywhere that's not on the coast <laughs> yeah some um, place that's we're gonna anyway um yeah uh they won and um we had to make all of these oh god it was just crazy and and the manager um she was managing our project had a meltdown and literally said <laughs> i just don't think i can do it anymore wow. and then she would Hello. come into the building and and literally people would be like she's in the building she's in the building oh yeah yeah and, oh, martha yeah yeah mark when i hear stories from mark was he was at something it was like a fragrance thing or whatever and he was there i I can't maybe it was a friend of his was there at the thing anyhow they had all these people who were gonna be like um, caterers or maybe misting you with a fragrance and there was one girl who just the body type wasn't snatched she wasn't together like everyone else and they were like okay Martha's coming in she's taking final inspection and she walked in with this you know kind of smile and she like looked at everyone and she just like briefly like saw that woman out of the side of her eye and then looked forward and said to an assistant, get rid of her. And the woman was immediately like taken out of the she room. Was <laughs> yeah. She was killed. She was taken out back. Beaten. Taken out back. My favorite Martha Stewart urban myth is they were doing a like an Easter shoot and there were all these chicks. Uh, in the oh, shoot, oh and, she then, and then no, and then she deep fried it and just popped it in her mouth, beaks and all. <laughs> That's actually the better end of the urban myth. It was that they they didn't know what to do with them at the end of the shoot, and they were like, like, oh, we should call the SPC. I mean, like, we don't know what to do. Da 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 da. And she just put them in a box and took them out on a driveway and backed over it no. in her SUV. It's an urban myth, but I love it so much. That's an urban myth. So I mean, it's really. It would be really. I, where's that movie? That they already did it with Sybil. Shepherd. What? For what was that called? It was a Martha Stewart movie. Does it go all the way up to her going to jail? Yes, uh, through it. Ah, uh, through it. Do you remember the Queen of Mean, which was the Leona Helmsley story with um? Oh, I was obsessed with it as a kid because I was I couldn't after that I could never have wet salad because there's this scene where she's like, "Excuse me, these leaves are wet," and so I'd always have to like press. It made wet me so anxious, so I'd have to like press leaves between paper towels. Starting wait, at, like, I have eight. a more, I have a very general question. What's the origin of the jibs name? Of oh, jibs. The oh. Jibs. Um, my full name is Jibraila, which wow. is a like the Arabic version of Gabriel. That's so beautiful. Thanks. I've never really Jibs. used it. Though. Jibs is I've been fun. called Jibs since I was like three. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and then Dynasty Handbag is the dynasty off of my favorite show growing up. Dynasty? Mm. No. I don't know. It kind of has that <laughs> connotation, but uh-huh. it's like... It, I just like the word, and mm-hmm. I liked, you know, the irony of... That something word. epic with something quotidian. Yes, uh-huh. thank you. Uh-huh. That's exactly what I College, yeah, academia. No. At what point were you like, oh, I need a, a persona name as opposed to just Jibs? Hmm. Well, my my per, the persona name is. I like to be Dynasty Handbag when I'm Dynasty Handbag. I don't like to be Dynasty Handbag. 
you know, I don't. Does I'm, it make you feel safe to like have a separate name for this separate yes, way? Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, as for the character or the mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, but really, how it came about was that I was in this band with these two friends of mine, and we were called Dynasty. And um, they, the band, kind of like split up for a minute. And I had written all these songs on my keyboard. And then I kept like interrupting myself with like subconscious voices and about depression. And, you know, I was like <laughs> yeah. in my shit. And um, we, I didn't have a band anymore, so I started. I kind of went dynasty, and then I was like handbag because I'll just, <laughs> you know, it's like a little version of it. It was like a portable version of this band. And I just love the idea of a handbag, and I love. Um, just like the mystery of white women's, mm. you know, like objects. Yeah, yeah, kind of like all of this stuff that I didn't really, I don't really relate to, but I find really interesting and and fun to like. Maybe Dance have. Magazine will do what's in Dynasty Handbag's handbag. Yeah, Dance Magazine has a what is it called? What's in so and so's dance bag? Right. Oh every God. Month. Every it's month. It's the same thing, and right? It's... Giant scrunchie, coconut water. <laughs> Change of underwear. <laughs> Giant scrunchie. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. That is correct. Absolutely. So it's like power bar, toe tape, band aids. Uh huh. And and the power bar is like a pins. weird one, probably with yeah. like no sugar in it. Or like, like, like just thin. beef or something. Probably <laughs> on like a weird like beef. I want to see your, your imagined ballerina's dance bag. That's a good. One. Oh, it's so good. Well, I mean, Dynasty has certainly had, Dynasty has had some real dance moments. Like, you did those videos that were very, like, I mean, a place that I've, there's many places that I have loved the persona of Dynasty and have related in terms of the the id. Mm-hmm. And the id interruption, oh my God, the Beyonce's Drunken Love. <laughs> Listeners, if you ever get to see, it's really like, it's it's for the Guggenheim. Like it's a real like I. Tr- it's durational. It's really like the the Beyonce's drunken love to watch you actually dramaturgically pick to really Evo Van Hovick, quite frankly, and be drunk for the whole. Like it, she does Beyonce's drunken love, but it was like a half hour of being. Oh, drunk I watched a video of it last night. And just playing over and over, and it was so amazing to hear lines like. How do we wake up here? Like, it's just really, that's it. It's a way, it's it's something. I don't do that song anymore. Well, it's, it's I mean, but I it's, feel like it's, it's older it's material. Kind of, it's older material. I felt like, I felt a little bit weird about it because I was like, I felt a little bit like embodying this like woman of color was a little bit weird, you know? Oh. And I talked to some friends of mine about it because I was like, is this sketchy? Like, what am I doing here? And I felt like, it didn't feel great to me because I felt like the reaction to the song was about, you know, physical violence because there was this whole, you know, thing about like in the song and he's like saying like I'm gonna beat it like Ike and Tina, and mm. and then like this idea of like, you which know. is why I loved that you parodied that song because that was a song I felt so confused and upset by. Yeah, it was very upsetting. And I really couldn't... And I'm a huge Beyonce fan. I fucking love Beyonce. And I'm a huge Tina Turner fan. Well, so I was that, like... of course, too. Like, eat the cake anime. Like, yeah, that yeah. part, I just... I couldn't believe that that had happened 
like that yeah. with a straight couple at this level of fame. It just it took me to That's this the same place that I, I felt so disturbed by that I felt what comedy can do is it can ventilate and yeah. it can create awareness. It's one of the greatest tools for healing that we have. I agree. So to take that and do what you did with it is what gave me that. And I needed that. Yeah. So I can understand because I can understand in terms of um, an artist of color and then where you approach that. However, when it comes to like minority time, like we're in the mix of that. Yeah. I mean, as a female person and presenting person and a queer it really upset me i just was like why does this have to happen why does yeah. she's so amazing like right. why does this have to be that and, and why wasn't does it, it wild that like i couldn't find any response from her about it or any response from tina turner about it well it was that's kind of what was it that's sort of her mystery to me is like this where this we this like in between space that she lives in between this sort of like what is real about her and what With is Beyonce. not? Because mm, right. I feel like I am so, I'm so locked into her performance. She's so compelling and such an amazing performer, and knows exactly what to do with like her face mm-hmm. and her mm-hmm. hands and like everything. But then I'm like, there's something there that's like God related or spiritual. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of it. I'm like, I don't know what I believe about you. It's mm. so hard well, to discern. Well, she does it on purpose. I mean, she's made like an art form out of like life fabrication so that mm. we have an idea of what her life is that she wants us to have, but Which who is, can really know what it I is? I want to know so bad. <laughs> well, you get to meet her someday. I wish I You would. might get to meet her. But then she got, I could you know, see kind you of really... more political and then I was right. like, yes. Yes. But then I was like, wait, what? Like, what is this? Like, who told you to do this? Did someone tell you to do it? Where does Beyonce live? I don't know. She, she lives here. She's Brooklyn. in Tribeca. In Tribeca. Oh. She lives by Bubby's. Remember? Oh, oh, you saw yeah, her. I saw her. A... I met her. I met Solange. It was a real Ooh. evening. All yeah. we can talk about is other powerful celebrities. That's okay. Well, that's, that's we all right. Here. It's great. We right? have, and we, well, we all have, you know, when we each have our own celebrity friends now at this point you know we've been old enough where people have seen our work and they were they, I know like, like I know a couple of celebrities you do now well you moved and you moved to LA from here and part of that at least that I remember us talking about was you were going to be doing TV writing out I there did. I did and what is happening with that well Mary I um it kind of has been this long very typical Hollywood type of story where you're like lots of interest and really exciting people and then it ebbs and flows and like nothing's really happening. Right. But, but do you get optioned and so paid some then? No, because I went out there to, okay, this is the story was that I did a show, I'll give you the truncated version. I did a show in LA in like 2013 or 14. Some I can't remember somewhere in there at Human Resources, and Jack Black came with Tanya Harding, Tanya <laughs> Hayden, who's his I would wife. Love to meet Tanya Harding. I know that movie. I, just I can't wait the to see it. Last night. Oh, it looks so good. Um, she, so his wife was like a fan of mine. She's this really awesome artist who we have some mutual friends. But I had never met him or really her. I just kind of knew about her. 
so he and I started talking about stuff and then I came out and did this festival that he put on and he was like you need to have a TV show and I was like this is not the first time I've been down this road with uh-huh. trying to have a TV show and um, it didn't work out in the past and um, so we just tried to think of all these ideas of how to make this character sort of work in that context. Like Dynasty would have a TV show about Dynasty handbags. Well, what he, be, what he what we decided on, which was what he thought was the most interesting, was my story as an artist as coming to LA and being in all these like weird situations and you know, working in this like queer art world and then trying to translate it to TV and meeting mm-hmm. all these right. people. So he, he thought those stories were like amazing and really funny. So we started developing it and then I eventually moved out there because it was just too hard to like, mm-hmm. I needed help and I went out there and I got a writing partner and was working more directly with him and his uh, other person that works for his, his company and, and we wrote a pilot and we shot a little sizzler Wow. of the pilot like a little 10 minute segment right. of it and then it kind of didn't really go anywhere and then we got this other production company involved who's they're called Starburns and it's with that guy Dan Harmon who does Rick and Morty and all these he's like a whatever I don't know mm-hmm. he's funny <laughs> and um, he's got this cartoon that's on HBO right now that's really popular and huh. super witty and you know like kind of a heightened, dirtier Simpsons sort of a idea, you know? Well, lots of criticism about the world. Anyway, um, and then we tried to sell it with them, and nobody bought it. Mm. So I don't know what's gonna happen. Like, I have a feeling it will come back around at some point, but I feel like what I'm learning in this process with being out there is that it's pretty, it's similar to like what we do in this circles that we run in where we're like you know show show grant show right. new show like every right, right. year sometimes twice a year right um relentless but it's yeah but it's really spread out and there's a ton more people involved and a ton more money involved so no in LA yeah and so huh. I mean not in the art world but in the in this sort of TV film world. and TV world film and TV world it is the it is the place. Yeah, so it's it's like it's not the same. I thought it would be like a little bit I thought my adjustment would be a little easier. Are you happy living out there? Yeah, I like it. And how do you like how do you make money? Like what's your life like? Are you doing shows? Oh still? I just have I'm just independently wealthy. Actually what I've been doing is I do a ton of well, not even, I do a lot of traveling and like, that's how really how I make my money. I As Dynasty. Yeah, I don't really do a ton of, I do some performing there, um, but usually that makes up about a quarter of what I need to live per mm. month. And then I'll go out and, you know, do this. I like did a gig at Wesleyan and I'm doing a gig here. And then next month I am going to, you know, a university in Washington and then I'm going to Vancouver so I just kind of like That's call so it together how and then I do graphic those... design when I'm really oh wow I didn't know broke. that how did yeah, all of the I don't like anyone to know because I want everyone to think I'm just a rich artist and you teach I ha- I was teaching at CalArts but then I 
that's really how I was living for two years there. But this year, I didn't teach at all. Why? Because you couldn't with they your tour? They didn't hire me back. Yes. I don't know why. And I applied for, like, a bunch of jobs at universities. I didn't right. get one. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's okay because here's my big news. Yes. You're pregnant. Yes, I am with ideas. <laughs> um, oh, am I even allowed to talk about it? Shit. Did well, you sign an NDA? No. Well, then you can. Um, if you haven't signed something, okay, you can. Hopefully, I'm working on making a film of my newest show that I've been doing for the last year. Soggy Glasses? No, that's, that's like my one from like two. 2014. This new one is called I Am Moron. This here is my job. Everybody has a job. Most people have a job. Everything on the stage was created by a person who was at their job. Stolen and put together in a factory with someone had to go to work, 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 work. Someone then he made this piece of shit. And I'm the glass of the baby, they got fired from work. Where is your concern? These are me somewhere far away. So give me pleasure and joy to keep the feet warm when you get home and work, 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 work. Work, 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 work. And the dog says, woof, 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 woof. And the farmer goes to work, 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 work. And he goes and he feeds the chickens and they say, muck, 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 muck. Thank you very much, muck, muck. I'm going to make a film of it. This director friend of mine named Miguel Arteta, he did. Um, oh wait, he does. Chuck and Beth. Yes, and... he does all of Mike White's. Yes, he's incredible. I know. He is incredible. He's the director of Mike White. Beatriz at Dinner. Yes, and he did a ton of Enlightened. Done a ton of Enlightened. He's you know amazing. Who he is. Yeah. I am obsessed with and him. And getting on. Tell him that so I think funny. he's a genius, and yeah, I, I'll I do. be in anything he wants. Okay. Okay. He's so amazing. Yeah. Oh my god. And Mike White is a genius. I love Mike White. I love He's him amazing. so much. He's... Beatrice at dinner was. Isn't it so good? It was incredible. It's like I, a fable. And it it, it was, was the first movie of our of post election that I was like, it's actually this is the only one since the election. Yeah. That I've been like this is. This, this is I it. just got a chill on my thigh thinking <sighs> about that like rage that she's, the rage and the, but that she's feeling, but then to trying to so hard to be. Loving kind. and kind and like, and enlightened, yeah. yeah, and just like, but so like that Trying feeling to of like our humanness. How? how can you do this? How? Yeah. Just like this question is gonna kill me. Yeah. So he's gonna direct it. He's gonna so direct he this came film. And saw it. I met him through um, Ira Sachs here oh, yeah. when yeah. we did queer mentorship. You yeah. know Ira. Yeah. So he, I, I've just been sort of like developing a friendship with Miguel not like courting him for anything right, or right. anything he put me in this movie but I don't know if I made it into it it was like a small part huh. he did with Ali Shawkat that's coming out soon she's great yeah it was yeah. yeah it was exciting it was really fun yeah, I'm a yeah. fan anyway so he came and saw the show in, in LA 
And then he was like, just, we should make a movie. We should, we should make a movie. And I was like, he, he's very, like, low-key. Right. Like, And you were like, um, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I didn't, I was like, whatever. And then I told a friend of mine, and they were like, bitch, are you kidding me? Go That's take him epic. out for coffee and yeah. ask him about Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. so we went out to, um... We went to the I'm gonna go close 101, the door. Cafe 101. We got some Amazon packages. It's closed. Oh, uh, is it a drone? Yeah, they thought um, <laughs> we were the office. <laughs> nope, office is next door, Queen. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Thank you, Amazon. <laughs> so you took him to Cafe 101. And then we talked about it, and I told him sort of my woes about the TV show uh-huh. and how it just wasn't feeling, the energy wasn't there. Yeah. And he was like, well, your show that you're doing is like, that looks like you're really happy doing it and it's right. got all this fire under it. Right. We should make a movie. And then we started talking about Jonathan Demi, Stop Making Sense, oh. which was one of my favorite. Yeah. And he's like, Jonathan Demi was my mentor. And I was like, this is fucking amazing. Great. So we're going to shoot it in January. And That's there's a so producer great. now that asks me what I need. And wow. I don't have to pay for anything or this is crazy. do anything. I know, it's weird. This is the first time I've talked about it publicly, kind of. I'm so excited. Yeah. I'm so excited. And then we're going to just see what happens, you know? Yeah. Like, try to sell it, maybe, or just make That's how these things have to go. I mean, especially, I mean, the indie time, like, when I think of, like, the 90s and what was able to be made at that time in terms of, like, killer films and... um, so many like that movie Safe remember Safe by (laughs) Todd Haynes and it's so incredible and to think of a movie like that getting made now with all the fiscal hurdles there are it's just different and so to hear that there's but when these things happen it makes me so excited and I feel they grow and he's like he's such a cool person because it doesn't feel like it just feels like a natural progression of having so I feel like because of this stuff is like unfolding like with what I'm actually doing there like I don't really know what I'm doing there yet and it's right. sort of revealing itself to me you know which also sounds so much about I mean what he's talking about is joy and doing he's the thing about joy. and inspiration yeah. and like your genius instead of trying to shift your genius to being something for like TBS or whatever. Right. Of like Did trying we to meet with TBS. We met with someone <laughs> Probably. Really, really funny like that. Well, TBS does search party. Yeah. Right? That we did meet with TBS, right. and they were actually our best pitch meeting. Right. They were the nicest. But you but know, there's ways there was in a which way that I did feel like, and this is partially my this a lot of this is my responsibility because I felt like I was sort of starting to get vague around what the concept was and mm-hmm. really like more interested in what did they what do they want right and it happened I was totally powerless over it I mean it happened like without me even knowing it was that's what was happening yeah. and then all of a sudden I started to feel really kind of crappy about the project right mm-hmm. and I was like why is this I remember what, I'm trying to remember her name I do you know Annie Dorson the mm-hmm. director mm-hmm. and I was talking to her once about because she did Passing Strange on Broadway. Yeah, right? Right. And she's an experimental mm. theater director. And I was talking about going in. I was like, you know, and you, one could go into big systems and change them from within. And she said, my experience is that a big system changes you. You know, this idea yeah. that, like, you can go into a big commercial juggernaut and change it from inside. 
because I have also been like asked yeah. to write TV shows and stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. I go to do it and they're like, you know, cause you're funny, you're funny, you're funny. And then I can't write anything funny. Or I try to, I start writing the thing I imagine they'd want for TV. And then I'm five steps away from my brilliance. Like what I can do. Yeah. Like I'm like, and then there's all these fingers in the pie and yeah. you're like, and it's just medium. Yeah. And you and, and we all know what medium is. Yeah. You know? And then we're like, oh, God. It's like, why do fucking anything then? But then you're like, oh, but I would have all this money. You know? It's like, I don't, and then yeah. it's like, who cares? Who I'd cares? be unhappy. Like, yeah. this isn't the thing. So what's so exciting is like, uh, the, the catharsis I've had in your shows is so deep. So the fact that, and the thing that, what's, troubled me has been like how could my work be seen by more people because I just want it to help people I yeah, want it to like to be of service to, exactly yeah and so I love the idea of your work being turned into a film that can go to more places than you individually can get to That's I'm only so one e- I'm only <sighs> one bag <laughs> yeah I think it's I'm really excited about it and it's great too because it's already done. It's mm. already in my body. It's yeah. not going to be this awkward thing for me to like. How long have you been doing Dynasty Handbag? Oh, uh, since I was three. Yeah, to, like a really long time. Like probably since what year is it? It's 2017. I mean, definitely over 10 years. Yeah. Probably like 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. And where did right. you find? Her appearance, like what? What are the references? Um, well, the first Dynasty handbag show was called Miami Funeral Vacation. Mm-hmm. It, Correct. And um, yeah, and I was wearing like a polyester, like a flowy pantsuit mm. that had like snow sleeves and a turtleneck. It was kind of like what I imagined, like a Palm Beach. Mm-hmm. Funeral wear, oh, and like sandals, like like glittery, like, and mm. then I had like big hair and like giant sunglasses on, and I think that it was about I was in a kind of a really toxic relationship, and I was in, um, and I had just experienced going through my first parent, both my 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 father died, and. I was writing all these like extremely depressing songs and you know I was married to this I was married to a man and um, my eyes just got as big a saucer as listeners I yeah, had no idea yeah. that that's part of your story wow well it is I mean right. when I say married to a man though we're talking about San Francisco in the 90s right right so right. men and women were not exactly like he was just basically a a lesbian you know <laughs> like not it wasn't like a lot of people imagine that I had this like really straight life when yeah, I say yeah, that but yeah, it was yeah. not exactly that right, like right. it was still very in are my you, opinion very queer are you guys still friends um no all right yeah but not We're not like animosity or anything no. we have mutual friends but no it didn't work out and it was it was tough and so I thought it was really funny that I was going to be a divorcee Mm-hmm. At like 25. I was how, really young. How old is Dynasty Handbag? Oh, I don't know. But what about the makeup for Dynasty? It just sort of like, I don't know. I don't know where it happened. It just started coming out of me as like this kind of like woman 
that I would never be but already was, sort of. <laughs> and, like, the way that women try to look uh-huh. good, uh-huh. that just, like, makes me laugh. Have you ever seen Vivian Lee in Ship of Fools? No. Oh, you're going to... You're gonna gag. That's my real like. I, I when when we're done with this, I I'm gonna her. I'm gonna pull that up and show you this one clip of Vivian Lee and Ship of Fools, which is a real. I kind of feel like have you ever seen Elizabeth Taylor in Driver's Seat. So I I feel like I'm Elizabeth Taylor in Driver's Seat, and you are Vivian Lee in Ship of Fools, <laughs> and they both put on makeup in both of these movies in into a mirror, and it's. It's, it's, I think it's us, quite frankly. <laughs> and we'll watch them briefly um, before we great. go get lunch. Okay. Um, what are you doing in New York? You said you're rehearsing? Oh, um, I'm going to be in the relaunch of the Room for Cream live lesbian soap opera. Oh, at, um, Josh and I have been talking, Josh Lubin Levy and I have been talking about this. This is so exciting. Can you go on Saturday? What There's time is it? There's a 6.30 show and I think an 8. Eight o'clock show? I think I can come to the eight o'clock show. Okay, Our tickets you know, all sold out. Yeah, but I can put you on the. Say, wait, what's it called again? It's called Room for Cream, and it's this. Can you please describe for those who Room don't know what this was? And it's it's epic and it's, it's historic, and genius. I am it's so good. Okay, it was a it was a live lesbian soap opera that was episodic, and we did it at La Mama mm-hmm. in like t- 2010 or something. And Wasn't Rosemary Quinn one? Yeah, one? Rosemary yeah, Quinn yeah, yeah, is yeah. in. So it was like this group. She's from Experimental Theater Wing at NYU. She also gave me a job. She's amazing. She is wonderful. She gave me a job too. Oh, I taught. God. I taught theater at, at Tisch. Oh, they're so lucky. Yeah, and yeah. she and we had all these guest stars like um, Wallace Shawn was mm-hmm. on one. I Kate Valk came in and, one. and that's when I met Kate Valk. Yeah. Well, Epic. before I was, I had been an intern there, but. I met her anyway. And That's then, a whole and other then I got chapter. That scene. I know that whole story. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, all the time. way through. Um, anyway, it's a whole other podcast. Yes, yeah, a whole other podcast. Um, and um, very timely, though. Very. Uh, so yeah, so this was like um, Brooke O'Hara, who has theater of the two-headed calf. She had like a dyke. Di- <laughs> she made a dyke division of her theater company, uh-huh. and they wrote all these. They wrote this story. It's about a myth, a myth, a myth mythical, made up town in uh-huh. the Berkshires called Sappho. 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 Like the lesbian Staffo. poet. Sappho. All- it's a bunch of dancers who have been on the Marley and been you know chewing their cuticles. <laughs> Anyhow, Gross. go on. Some good stuff. And and there's like a coffee shop that they all hang out at called Room for Cream. And it kind of explores all these levels of lesbianism that are... It's like the whole thing is like the best, most deep inside joke. But it's very celebratory, but really makes fun of it. And who are you? I got to play Agent Steph, the butch FBI agent. (laughs) And then I had all my femme friends being like, I feel weird around you now. Yeah. I'm so attracted to you. They were so, like, turned on. It was so fucking fun. Oh, that's so fun. That should be a show. Why is that not a TV show? That'd be amazing. It's niche. It's but niche. like it's niche. It's but niche, but we live in a time where you can have niche TV what's shows. What's that yeah. channel that's the gay channel? Logo. Yeah. Like Logo should have like dropped like forty grand at least on it. <laughs> and you know what I mean? <laughs> forty grand. <laughs> You're like, wow! 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no. Everybody gets twenty dollars. Exactly. It but it's like, actually yay. really well written. Yeah. And there's a cast of like twenty five people, wow. and half of them are like brilliant actors, and yeah. half of them have never been on a stage before. Oh my God. So this dynamic, and they and we barely rehearse. Yeah, yeah. So it's like. So you, you know really all your lines, or they're cards to read? No, we don't. You improvise. Them. We do two rehearsals and like two speed throughs, and then we're then we go. Wow! Oh, and it's just Saturday night. Well, there's there's three episodes, oh. and one was in October. Second one is this month. So that's why I came out here. I see. And, and then, then you'll I, be back in December. No, I just got. I'm just. You're just a two episode one. art. But they gave no. Oh, I just, only just this one. episode. Because they couldn't afford to have me for all. They flew three. you. They flew me out oh, here, nice. and then I did some. I did. I went to Wesleyan to make some money because yeah. I'm not there. They don't have any money, and then, right. you know, who are you staying with here? Morgan. Who's Morgan? Morgan Vasquez. <gasps> oh, wow. my son. I haven't seen that queen in a hot second. Yeah, she's so major. She's a performance queen. Oh. A, a chanteuse and storyteller and comedian. Yeah, and fucking bitch. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, it's like when you meet Morgan, you'll be like, that's impossible. Morgan's friends with Will Rawls. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm sure you've really seen him before. Flies. He's beautiful. Wait, what airline did you fly? JetBlue. Did How was watch, it? Did you watch a movie? Okay. I'm glad you asked. Huh. My TV was broken. Oh, And this no. sour puss uh, uh, steward, stewardess huh. was like, what? I don't, I don't care. Like, wow. really just shitty about it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, can I get a cheese plate and two? And she was like, which one? <gasps> and I was like, the small, like, they're called, like, lunch me or go for me or uh-huh. lunch up or snack up or something. Uh-huh. And I was like, snack up? And then she was like, Ugh. And then she came back and had a note on it that said, sorry about the TV. This is on the house. Smiley face. Oh, yeah. So she had, like, total cunt rag face and demeanor. Hey, we've all been there. We've all been there. the TV nowadays on a plane is a real nightmare. But I watched, I I got to watch the end of Stronger Thongs, Stranger Things. I watched that whole, I watched that whole thing real fast. I did not live for this season. I haven't watched it yet. I lived for it. I loved it. Season one, again, with like, The writing's better though. I thought the writing was worse. Anyhow. It is kind of worse, but it's more TV-ish. That's why I liked it more. I, I, I need some... I, I think it's like a thing of if I lived in LA, I could have, do it. And I think it's a thing of like time. I'm like, I want something to go yeah, so fast. Yeah, right. But also because so I live slow. in New York. You like the David Lynch thing. Oh my God. Oh, Twin Peaks so was... Good. All I wanted to talk about this summer was Twin Peaks and Tiffany Haddish. It was just everything. Really, really beyond. <laughs> I know. So you're here for this, and then you're going back to yeah, LA. I just watched Girls. Finally watched Girls Trip. She's. Can you, can you imagine? Her? I can't. She just. She like give her an Oscar. Yeah. It was crazy I, well, what she did. Really wonderful. She made she, the whole movie go. She made it was such some, a weird movie. Can you imagine that movie without her? It would have no. been no. incomprehensible. She really was like. And she actually was also the one. She brought all the laughs, but then she also was the one to bring all of the tears. The tears is in the end. That scene at yeah. that bar, I, it really most, got me. She was amazing. Have you heard the interviews with her about how, like, when she was suicidal in college and her stepdad was like, well, you know, I tried to kill you as a child? Mary, no. Queen. <laughs> Queen. Mary, no. Her Queen. dad had cut the brakes on the car 
and the mom was in an Tiffany. accident, and so she, Tiffany took care of her mom and all the kids. Right. As a child. Mom became like bedridden or whatever. It was Did really, you have to watch really these? Where it's, is it in okay. In LA. And then she was homeless. Yeah, she was she's from South Central Los Angeles. And she was super she was homeless, living out of her car, going and doing stand up, going and doing shows. What are you what are you watching on TV besides Stranger Things? I love her. She's love gorgeous. Her. She's amazing. I just saw her in a method soap commercial. She's making all the money. Yeah. Good. 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 Give what her everything. What else are you watching on TV? Recommendations. Oh god, for this? it's not good right now. It's not, it's bleak out there. I mean, I watch as much murder as I can. I'm watching the you new do. Margaret Atwood thing that's on Netflix, it, written by Sarah Polly. It's, it's not, it's You're not good. You're doing Law and Order? Is that what's happening? No, I watch like all of anything. Murderous Minds. Serial killer or I watch all oh. the like BBC like yeah. cop stuff. I love all that stuff. The Killing. The Killing, Happy Valley. Yeah. Um, I watched Mindhunter. How was that's that? That's what I mean. It's I want to okay. see that. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. But it's and then I watched um, the one about the Unabomber, which I really liked because it was about the origin of forensic linguistics, oh. which was fascinating. Oh. But oh, I yeah. have to say that oh, yeah. even though I, s- I hate men so much in the, to the, <laughs> deep, to the bottom <laughs> of my soul, I still will watch shows about them like murdering and raping and tying wow. women up and cutting them up, and I still like wow. I can't. That's I so love strange. crime. But lately, I am starting, it's starting to turn because oh. of our, the climb, you know, just, I'm like, if I have to see, it's all these white it. fucking watch, assholes with mom issues who feel like they have the solution to the world and they know everything and mm. nobody, it's exactly like Charles Manson yeah. and fucking the guy from the doors. He could have easily just been like a serial murderer if he didn't get famous because that's what they all want, you know? Yeah. Right? They all I mean, want to be known. I've they never, I've not be been able to watch that stuff forever. I really can't, unless Isabella Huppert's in it. But I think, <laughs> yes. for oh you, my god, <laughs> for you and also for like many, like my mom and others, like right. watching the murder stuff, I feel like it probably reaffirms like why you hate men and like mm. these, and it allows you to be like, yeah, it is a little bit hate watching it, mm. but I also really like the mystery part about mm. it mm. and clue, clues mm. I like clues Broad I like church. figuring out love Brad Church yeah my mom love I English love any of gross those Anglof- Anglophile I like love I don't love any of those things I can't I need a real life and I don't really watch that much comedy because it's not funny if you're a funny person no not really if you're a and funny then person sometimes comedy's it's hard triggering. Oh, because you're like, why isn't it me? Yeah. Yay! <laughs> I know I'm not the only one. No, you're thinks not. That way. No, everyone Everybody. thinks that way about everything. It's yeah. so it's, hard it's sometimes. Called... And then you're like, your friends on a new show, and you're like, you should yeah. listen to Jen Harris's podcast. It's just all about that. Oh, Jen Harris. She's so major. I we love Jen. Love Jen. She was on. She did one of our. She did one of our early episodes, yeah. actually. Oh, I'll have to listen to it. And she tells her incredible audition story for Annie. The Broadway, the Broadway musical. Oh, you'll, I'm not going to tell okay, it to I you. You can listen, listen to, to it. it. It's insane. It's really, you'll really gag. Um, Jibs, I love you so much. I I'm so excited chat. to hear this film news. That's really epic. Thank you for making time to come and so talk fun. to us. I'm so happy I got to meet you. And yeah, really you're fun. really major. I want to come to LA this year, and, um, and hopefully I'll get to visit you. Well, if you come there, well, we can talk about it. 
off huh. the air. Great. Because I don't want to give my address out. Great. I'm going <laughs> to tell you where you can stay. Oh, fun, fun. Yeah. Um, I love you so much. I Thank you. Bye. Bye. That's all I got today for my work. Work, 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 work. Now it's time to rest, 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 rest. What do you do like to do for rest? I like to massage myself. Because <laughs> I can't afford to go to a massager when her job is to work, work, work at the massage parlor table. All right. Work, 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 work. Have a good day tomorrow and the day after that when you go back to work. Oh.